This is Greg Collins, Substitute Teacher's Lounge. You know, after three years' worth of episodes of this podcast, today's topic might be one of the most uncomfortable topics that we'll ever talk about, and that's the topic of bullying. So by the time the episode is over, I hope to be able to share with you some of my experiences, and even with all the training we get, there is just something about being a substitute teacher that makes our reactions just a little bit differently and how we have to train accordingly. All right, guys, welcome to this week's show. You know, the training on bullying that I get in my area is the exact same video training and in-classroom training that the regular full-time teachers go through as well. The only thing that makes it a little bit different with substitute teachers is that we don't see those situations as often because we're not in that classroom as often. Whereas a regular teacher may see something developing over days after days of being with the same students, we as substitute teachers, we don't often see that. We can still see individual bullying things going on I guess we have to separate bullying from fighting a little bit. Fights can happen in a school system outside of bullying, but bullying can be anywhere, any can escalate into anything, including fighting and mental anguish and various different things. We're going to talk about them all. I'm going to talk about my experience as a student. I am going to talk about my experiences. I've probably only had a couple that were definitely a bullying situation. I'll tell you how I was advised to and how I handled it. And then we'll talk a little bit about what we need to do in the future to make things better. Let's start out with this. I'm going to take you down memory lane a little bit about how the subject has often been dealt with in TV shows. And I mean going way back. I'm an old man. I'm 64. I'm recording this. This is the episode for June 26, 2022. And this particular topic of bullying has been going on for years. I'm a, an old Andy Griffith fan. You, That is a classic show. Otherwise, there wouldn't still be reruns on television every day. There is a an episode of Andy Griffith. In fact, it was the very first episode of their second season, if you want to go back and watch that. I'm sure most of you can remember. It was called Opie and the Bully. There was a new kid that moved into town he was kind of intimidating. He was taller than all the guys around. He talked them into doing things that were illegal, stealing fruit from a market, breaking street lamps. Opie got in trouble. The bully made fun of him all the time. He would shove him a little bit. And 
you know, the, the advice that Andy gave him, he didn't want his son to fight, but he actually did give him permission to take up for himself. And of course, I, <laughs> I hate to call this a spoiler warning, but if you're going to go back and watch it, stick your finger in your ears for about 30 seconds. The very end of the episode, Opie decides to stand up to the guy with his fist raised, and he backed down and walked off. Now, there was also an episode where a boy was stealing Opie's milk money every morning, and again, Andy gave him permission to take up for himself, and that actually resulted in an off-camera fight. We saw Opie's bruised eye. Now... That brings up two things that I want to point out. First of all, it's probably a little unrealistic because in the first episode, there's no guarantees that a guy that's six inches taller than a child will back down just because he decides to stand up for himself. And there's no reason to think that a kid's going to learn a lesson by getting in a fight with the bully. So I'm not sure the lessons those episodes were trying to teach is what we'd want to use today. There's also the classic episode, of course, of, of I think it's Sid Farkas in A Christmas Story where Ralphie finally stood up to him and, and got in a fight with him. In fact, he initiated the fight. And even though the parents ended up knowing about it, they really didn't punish him for it. Again, that's I'm not sure that's the lesson we want to teach either when we're studying bullying. Then there's classic movies. Maybe every movie ever made by about a school had a bully in it. The one that comes to my mind is Grease. And Eugene, he was probably one that was just picked on to kind of add to the movie. Those are some situations that we've seen in our past. Let me tell you about the only one when I was a child that came close to bullying for me. I was raised by my parents not not to fight. And this gentleman that ended up punching me one day, he was probably a bit of a bully to everyone until he got his way. Now, Ironically, this was more middle school stuff. Back then, we called it junior high. He kind of grew out of that in high school and, in fact, was very good friends. I, I would consider him a friend. Basically, all that ever happened to me. By the way, I was, I would consider myself, you know, you, I'm sure you consider me a geek now, but back back then, I was, I was kind of a weird combination. I did geeky stuff, the things that I liked were kind of geek things. At the same time, it wasn't, it either wasn't so bad that people picked on me, or I was also a very friendly kid and had a lot of friends, and that always helps too. In this particular case, I know we were in a gymnasium. I wasn't the most gifted athlete, so when the gym teacher wanted us to play basketball, and he just asked, does anybody want to hold a whistle and be an official? I volunteered to do that. <laughs> Maybe that was the beginning of me enjoying officiating. But in that situation, I made a call close to the end of the game on a foul that did affect the game. In fact, threw the game to the other team. And this particular guy was upset about it when we went back to the locker room to change. 
He he was mad at me. He started to walk off. Then he went to the player that I called the foul that got foul shots. And the guy, he said, I didn't foul. You did it. And, of course, I think the player was intimidated, too. And he's, he laughed and said no. So then the guy came over and punched me in the shoulder. Now, he walked off. He never apologized. And I never said anything. I think some of the students might have said something to the gym teacher. And, again, we went on to be friends. That's probably the closest incident I was ever involved with. I always tell students, I occasionally get to teach a class like at a youth rally or maybe a church activity day or something like that. I'll ask them, all right, think about people right now. It doesn't matter how popular you are, how smart you are, how much money you have or don't have. You probably run into people occasionally that look down on you for some reason. Of course, guys, that doesn't start when, stop when we get to be adults either. But I'll make the point with them. If you can think of someone that looks down on you, raise your hand. And they all raise their hand. And then I say, listen, now let's turn it around. Is there somebody at your school that everybody, for some reason, enjoys making fun of? including you, I don't have them raise their hand, but it's obvious from the reaction that they see my point. We have to be careful, you know, when we're dealing with a bully situation that we don't realize it doesn't go just one way. We have to really concentrate on how we behave too. Now, here's some situations I have seen in school And then I'll describe how a substitute teacher has to handle those situations a little bit differently. Now, let me throw in one little caveat. No one, let me get this out of the way first. No one ever deserves to be bullied and no one ever deserves to, let's start with the physical part, to be for lack of a better word, attacked physically by someone else ever. There are, you know, I've talked before about always make sure when you hear of something going on that you get both sides of the story. But regardless of that, nobody deserves to be treated bad physically or mentally regardless. Now, most bullying situations that result in, you know, and again, I'm going to call that a constant situation where one person mistreats another person ongoingly. You know, that's what a bully is. Kids will sometimes get mad once or twice and retaliate, but you know maybe I've you know we've had uh, episodes about me talking about me having to take a couple of kids just for wrestling on the floor because they got mad at each other. That's not what bullying is. Bullying is an ongoing situation between. You know, it it could probably be described as someone who thinks they're better than the one they're bullying. And to be honest, I think most of the time it's 
with other people around, and it's to show off to those other people. And it's ongoing. I would say the vast majority of the time it's for no reason. It's not provoked. There's sometimes it is, but still doesn't deserve physical contact. So we have to keep all those things in mind. Some of the ones that come to my mind, and then I'll describe about how uh, substitute teachers, our training is exactly the same. But to me, our training needs to really go beyond even what the regular teachers are. Okay, maybe we've been aware of a possible bullying situation that we need to keep our eyes on. As a substitute teacher, we're not exposed to it every day, so we have to be extra alert. Let's face it, if you're in the same room with the same kids every day for a whole year, you kind of know where your, quote, trouble spots are. And you can kind of, your peripheral vision, whatever it takes, you can kind of be aware of that all the time. Sometimes as a substitute teacher, when we go in a day at a time, we don't always have, I don't want to call it a luxury, of course, but we don't always have that to give us a feel for what to expect, okay? So I do know of one situation I'll bring up is one student that sat behind another student. I know they had to be separated because one student picked on the other one constantly. That, that came up in... It didn't come up in my class, but it further developed in one of my long-term roles over the years. And so it did get to the point where I did have to do something about a particular class. It just so happened we were in a assembly, and you know how you kind of file in the kids row by row. Well, it just so happened that the person that I would that was bullying the other person, ironically, terribly ironically, ended up sitting right behind the person that they had been bullying and immediately started saying aggravating things to them, kicking their chair. And I kind of saw this situation developing and the student that had been bullied had talked to me about it before, and before anything happened, I went to one of the regular teachers, and I said, I think we might have a potential issue here. As soon as I told them who was involved, they agreed, and they immediately made an excuse to try to move those seats around so that those two students weren't setting close enough so that one could bully them while this activity was going on. Now, there's a difference between just moving a student that likes to aggravate everybody and moving one that has a more serious bullying situation. We don't want that to develop into something physical. And, of course, there are all kinds of TV shows on now that reference bullying situations I'm not going to name their names. I've watched several of them. I've watched some of the results that could happen, and the results are terrible. And, you know, you'll see all those shows now. They'll have 
banners before the shows that's saying if if you're having an issue with this type of thing, please call the helpline for that topic in your particular city. And as substitute teachers, the point I want to get across is that we need to be aware of those situations. Now, I've never been aware of one that I hadn't already been told about, that it was a potential so that I could keep an eye on it. Obviously, it can affect even if it doesn't develop to a physical situation, sometimes they develop into terrible physical situations. Sometimes the type of situations that might eventually involve a lawsuit. Sometimes the types of situations that may bother or mentally affect a child enough that it affects their grades when they shouldn't have to be worrying about something like that. It affects their, I don't know, maybe ability to feel comfortable getting on a school bus after school or walking home after school. And that, you know, the training that we get, the same training that we get in my area as teachers, it's about an hour and a half to two hours. And then if you do have a long time, long term role, especially, and they call you in maybe the first week before school starts back up, they will train you on it there. So it is that schools take this very seriously. You know, you'll read in the newspaper from time to time about schools that have had public situations develop. It's not really like the, you know, I don't would never be bold enough to accuse anything, any school of not taking it seriously. I know they do. I've seen what they train their teachers on. I know that they make their best attempt at taking it seriously. You know, I feel like I've been bullied as an adult some, nothing physical, but I've had managers tell me that if I didn't increase my use of bad language, they didn't think that I would develop into a good manager. I've had that told to me before. That's a mild, you know, that's a mental type of situation where it got into my head and I no longer enjoyed working there very much. So there's things like that can come up in later in life. As a substitute teacher, though, here's what you need to do in a classroom situation every time. First of all, if your teacher has taken the time to put together seating charts, well, there's probably a reason. Most of the time, teachers will set up their seating charts in a strategic way so that students that shouldn't be sitting next to each other possible bullying situations, possible whatever. You know, there's cheating too. That could be a situation for a seating chart. But here's what substitute teachers should do. And here's what I always do. I tell them when I go in, I say, listen, guys, I am going to be taking attendance from the seating chart. That means if you are not sitting in the correct seat, you will be marked absent. 
And most of the time, the students will immediately call out other students who are in the wrong seat. All right, Jerry, go back to where you belong. Those teachers have seating charts for a reason. I would advise you, maybe one of the first things you do is always call attendance from the seating chart. A side benefit of that is most of the time, and I'm talking about the seating charts that the, most of the time the teacher will put them together. They won't simply run something off of Infinite Campus or whatever. And the reason I mention that, the teacher will typically have the name the student likes to go by on that seating chart. So you have their name. You can call the attendance that way. You can make sure that you're in the right uh, seat, that they're in the right seat. And you can head off some potential situations, at least temporarily, by going by that seating chart. Secondly, and on this one, I'm probably preaching to the choir. If you are the type of person that loves substitute teaching so much that you take the time to listen to a podcast, then you probably don't fall into the category of substitute teachers that just walk in, read a book, and don't pay any attention. But I'm only going to say this shortly and once. If you are that kind of teacher, get out of it because you need to be observant of that whole class. I love, now I'm an interactive type of guy. I walk around through all the rows because I want to. I want to interact interact with them. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see what they're working on. So I do it all the time you're not going to be able to identify potential situations if you don't walk around and stay involved with those students and can see things that are going on. Now, I remember a situation once where I had someone that somebody told me was kind of a bully, or at least he was in ISS for fighting, and he actually explained to me what happened. It was something that Another student had said to one of his friends, and he took up for them. That's not really bullying. That's what we're talking about. The kid had a reputation as a bully, but I got him to talk to me, and he was very open about that. One other thing that I would encourage you to do, and I've talked about it before, but for a different reason, between classes. Sometimes you're going to have duty. For that teacher you're subbing for, they will tell you it might be by the buses, it might be by the bathrooms, it might be by the cafeteria. A lot of times it's just standing in the hallway. Even if you don't get a duty like that, guys, stand in the hallway. Get there early. Stand in the hallway before class. Stand in the hallway between classes. And what that helps you with you will be witness to more things that way. If you can see something develop, maybe you can head it off at the past before it develops into something. Maybe you have a friendly enough reputation with the other students. They'll come up and tell you when they feel like something's going to happen today. Develop a friendship. Say hello to everyone in the hallway. Watch for things to make sure you're in the appropriate place and maybe head some things off. In fact, the more teachers that are standing in the hallway, the less likely something is to happen. So, guys, this situation isn't going to go away. We need to be ready for them. As substitute teachers, we don't have the authority that regular teachers do 
but we still need to watch for certain situations. And if we feel we need to get other teachers or administration involved to head off a serious situation, either physically, mentally, or whatever, let's make sure that we do our best to be do the proper things, be in the proper places, so that we can minimize the possibility of bullying situations happening as much as possible.